If your happy ending is no more joint pain, please try Sierra Sil with a money-back guarantee. It's all-natural joint pain relief that's changed our lives. Sierra, like the mountains, and Sil, like silicon. Go to sierrasil.com. Use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift, made possible by Envy Pillow, created by two amazing Canadian RNs who've partnered here with me. I've rested my weary head on an Envy Pillow for about 20 years now. It started because of stress-related neck pain, and I've been in love ever since. Learn more in the morning at Envy, E-N-V-Y. Pillow.com. Tonight, I'm going to share with you a story that was written by the Brothers Grimm, a tale of innocence, of envy, of trust, and true love. It is called Snow White, reimagined here for Drift, just for you. Before we meet Snow White and her friends, oh, and that one enemy... Let me help you find a place of comfort, of peace. Let yourself feel heavy in your bed. Your head nestled into just the right spot on your pillow. Let your arms and legs relax. Your neck, your hips, your forehead, your lips. And just breathe. Take a nice deep inhale. And as you exhale, release all of the cares you hold within you. Because worries are just thoughts. And holding on to them right now is as useful as using a rocking chair to take a cross-country journey. So just be. Clear your mind. Take another deep breath. And as you let go, come along and we will head off together to a land of fairy tales and make-believe and, of course, happily ever after. Here we go. It was the middle of winter when the broad flakes of snow were softly swirling that the queen of a country many thousands of miles off, sat by her kitchen window. The frame of the window was made of fine black ebony, and as she sat looking out upon the fresh-fallen snow, as it began to blanket the land, she wished for a daughter with black ebony hair and rosy red cheeks. Then she caught the eye of a tiny sparrow that had stopped to rest on a snow-covered tree branch and said, Would that I should have myself a daughter someday. Would that she should have cheeks as red as the reddest apple and hair as black as this ebony window frame. The following winter, during a raging snowstorm, the queen gave birth to a baby girl, just as the queen had wished the previous winter. The baby's cheeks were as rosy and crimson as the reddest apple, and her hair was as black as ebony, and she was called 
snow white. Sadly, the queen fell ill. She tried to fight the illness, but it won. And so it was that she did not live long enough to see Snow White's second birthday. The king soon remarried, and his new wife became queen. She was very beautiful indeed, but so vain that she could not bear to think that anyone was better looking than she. She had a fairy looking glass that hung in her chambers. Each day, she would walk up to it. She would gaze upon her own reflection and say, Tell me, glass, tell me true, of all the ladies in the land, who is loveliest? Tell me, who? And the glass, in a booming voice, had always answered, Thou, queen, art the fairest in all the land. As Snow White got older, she grew more and more beautiful. When she was seven years old, she was as bright as day, with rosy red cheeks and shiny black ebony hair. She also had kindness in her heart, which added to her beauty. On the day Snow White turned 16, for the first time ever, the glass answered the queen as she gazed upon her reflection. Thou queen art beauteous to see, but Snow White is lovelier by far than thee. When she heard this, the queen turned pale with rage and envy. She called to one of her workers and said, Take Snow White away into the wide wood that I may never see her again. Then the worker led the girl away, but his heart melted when Snow White begged him to spare her life. I will not hurt you, sweet girl he said. Then he left her by herself, deep in the woods. Though he thought it most likely that the wild beasts would find her, he felt as if a great weight were taken off his shoulders when he made up his mind not to kill her himself. Instead, the worker decided to leave her to fate with the chance of someone finding and saving her. Poor Snow White wandered along through the dense wood in great fear. The wild beasts roared around her, but none did her any harm. In the evening, she stumbled upon a small cottage nestled among the trees that lined the surrounding hills. She went in to rest, for her tired feet would carry her no further. Everything was neat and tidy in the cottage. There was a white cloth covering the table, and there were seven little plates, seven little loaves, and seven little glasses with water in them, seven sets of knives and forks and spoons, all miniature, were laid in order. While fear may well have overtaken most of us, Snow White's hunger led her to pick up a bit of each loaf and have a sip of water out of each glass. She thought she would stretch out and rest. To her amazement, there were seven tiny beds, each identical, each perfect for a few hours' rest before she went on her way, for that is surely what their usual occupants would ask of her. Exhausted, she laid herself down, 
and went to sleep. One by one, in marched the keepers of the cottage. They were seven little dwarfs. They lived close to the hills, so they could dig and search for gold. They lighted up their seven lamps and saw at once that all was not right. Oh no, it was not. Who has been sitting on my stool? said the first. Who has been eating off my plate? said the second. This prompted a chain of questions. Who has been picking my bread? Who has been using my spoon? The questions kept coming. Who has been handling my fork? Who has been cutting with my knife? Who has been drinking my water? Then the first looked around and said, Who has been lying on my bed? And the rest came running to him, and everyone cried out that somebody had been upon their bed. But the seventh saw Snow White and called all his brethren to come and see her. They gasped with wonder and astonishment and brought their lamps to look at her more closely. Good heavens, they exclaimed in unison. What a lovely girl she is. Just seeing her rosy red cheeks and black ebony hair made their hearts feel lighter. How could one so fair wish them any harm? So they took care not to wake her. They all tucked themselves into bed for the night, all except the seventh dwarf who curled up with a blanket by the fireplace. In the morning, Snow White rubbed her sleepy eyes and remembered where she was and how she had happened upon this haven of safety and comfort. As she sat up, she saw before her seven small men, all with caring eyes and almost too many questions to answer. But answer them she did. Snow White told them all her story. The seven dwarfs took pity on her and said if she would help keep the cottage clean and pitch in with the daily chores, she could stay where she was, and they would take good care of her. Then they left for work seeking precious gold in the surrounding hills. Before leaving Snow White all alone in the cottage for the day, they warned her, The queen will soon find out where you are, so take care and let no one in. Back at the castle, the queen woke up in a better mood than usual. She thought Snow White was surely dead by now. She walked over to her looking glass, gazed at her reflection, and said, Tell me, glass, tell me true, of all the ladies in the land, who is loveliest? Tell me, who? And the glass answered, Thou queen art beauteous to see, but over the hills in the greenwood shade, where the seven dwarfs their dwelling have made, there Snow White hides her head, and she is lovelier by far, O queen, than thee. The queen's good mood vanished into a dark cloud filled with anger and hatred. She knew that the looking glass always spoke the truth, which meant that the worker had betrayed her. She could not bear to think that anyone lived 
who was lovelier than she was. So she disguised herself as an old peddler and made her way into the woods. She kept walking until she came upon the small cottage nestled among the trees that lined the surrounding hills. The queen, still in disguise, knocked at the door and cried, Fine wares to sell. Snow White looked out the window and said, Good day, good woman. What have you to sell? Good wares, fine wares, said the queen, careful not to look Snow White in the eye, for fear she might be recognized, and laces and bobbins of all colors. I will let the old lady in. She seems to be a very good sort of person, thought Snow White, as she ran down and unbolted the door. Bless me, said the old woman. Your waist lacing is far too loose. Let me restrain your dress with my nice new lace. Snow White did not dream of any mischief. So she stood before the old woman, who set to work so nimbly. Once the dress was restrung, the old woman pulled the lace so tight that Snow White could no longer breathe. She fell down as if she were dead. There's an end to all thy beauty, said the spiteful queen, and she went away home. That evening, the seven dwarfs came home to find Snow White stretched out on the ground. She appeared not to be breathing. They lifted her up. When they saw what was restricting her breathing, they cut the lace, and in a short time, she began to breathe again. She thanked them for saving her life. Then she told them about the old woman. The old woman was the queen herself, they said. Be very careful next time someone comes to the door and let no one in when we are away. When the queen returned to the castle, she went straight to her looking glass and spoke to it as before. To her great disbelief, it still said, Thou, queen, art beauteous to see, but over the hills in the greenwood shade, where the seven dwarfs their dwelling have made, there Snow White hides her head, and she is lovelier by far, O queen, than thee. The blood ran cold in her heart with spite and malice. Snow White still lived. So the queen dressed herself up again, but in quite another outfit from the one she wore before, and took with her a poisoned comb. When she reached the dwarf's cottage, she knocked at the door and cried, Fine wares to sell. Snow White opened the door a crack. I dare not let anyone in, she said softly to the old woman standing on the front step. She didn't recognize this old woman, but didn't want to take any chances. Only look at my beautiful combs, said the queen, placing the poisoned one into the palm of the girl's youthful hand. Oh, the comb really is so pretty, thought Snow White. She pulled her hair up with one hand and secured the pretty comb into her hair with the other hand to try it out. But the moment it touched her head, 
The poison was so powerful that she collapsed that very instant. There you may lie, said the queen, as a sense of satisfaction washed over her. She left the girl's limp body where it lay and made her way back to the castle. Fortunately for Snow White, the dwarfs came home very early that evening. They rushed to her side, where her lifeless body lay on the ground. They lifted her to place her on one of the beds, and as they did, the poisoned comb fell to the ground, and in a short time she began to breathe again. She thanked them for saving her life once more. Then she told them about the old woman, who looked different from the last one who had come knocking. The dwarfs pressed upon her once more not to open the door to anyone. Meanwhile, back at the castle, the queen headed straight for her looking glass. She shook with rage when she heard the very same answer as twice before. Snow White shall die if it cost me my life, she yelled at the looking glass. She knew what she had to do. She searched the kingdom for the reddest, rosiest, freshest apple. Once found, she made a very small incision in the skin of the apple. So small, in fact, that it was barely visible to the naked eye. Next, she carefully added poison through the incision. It was enough poison to kill a dragon. Then she dressed herself up as a peasant's wife and traveled over the hills to the dwarf's cottage. She knocked at the door, but Snow White did not open the door. Instead, she put her head out of the window and said, I dare not let anyone in, for the dwarfs have ordered me not to. Do as you please, said the old woman. At any rate, take this pretty apple, sweet girl. It is my gift to you. No, said Snow White, I dare not take it. Silly girl, replied the old woman. Whatever are you afraid of? Do you think it is poisoned? Come, eat one part and I will eat the other. Oh, the apple did look so delicious. Snow White knew she wouldn't be eating for hours. She always waited for the dwarfs to arrive home so they could share the dinner she had made together. What's one tiny bite, she thought. Snow White could resist no longer. She took a little bite of the ruby-colored fruit. The piece of apple was in her mouth for less than a second when she collapsed into a heap upon the ground. This time, sweet child, nothing will save you, said the queen, as a smile spread across her face. She headed back hastily to the castle and went straight to her looking glass. At last, it said, Thou queen art the loveliest in the land. And then her wicked heart was glad, and as happy as such a heart could be. When evening came and the dwarfs arrived home, they found Snow White crumpled on the ground. No breath came from her lips, and they were afraid that she was, in fact, dead. They lifted her up 
and combed her hair and washed her face with cool water. But all was in vain, for the lovely girl did not wake up as she had done twice before. With heads bowed low and their hearts filled with sorrow, the dwarfs laid Snow White down upon a bed of wild flowers. All seven stood watch over her as they sobbed for three whole days. They knew the time had come to bury her, yet her cheeks were still rosy and her face looked just as it did while she was alive. They knew they could never place her in the ground. So they decided to build a box made of glass. This way, it didn't seem so final, and they might still look at her each day. Her name was inscribed in golden letters with the words King's Daughter under her name. They carried the glass box with Snow White in it and set it atop the highest hill. One of the dwarfs always sat by it at night to keep watch. All of the creatures of the forest came by to pay their respects. Snow White lay in wait like this for a long, long time. Seasons passed, and yet she still only looked as though she was asleep. Her cheeks were still red and rosy, and her shiny hair all was still black as ebony. At long last, a prince knocked at the door to the cottage. The dwarfs let him in. He said he had stumbled upon the glass box that encased Snow White when he was out riding through the hills. The prince had read what was written in gold and went in search of the closest cottage. He felt sure the dwarfs would know the lovely young woman with rosy red cheeks and shiny hair as black as ebony. They nodded. Then he offered the dwarfs money and pleaded with them to let him take her away back to his kingdom. But they said, we will not part with Snow White for all the money in the world. The prince's incessant pleas eventually wore the dwarfs down. They took pity on him. They all marched up the highest hill to the glass box. The dwarfs each put a hand on the glass and thanked Snow White for coming into their lives. Then they stood back so the prince could carry it away to the kingdom. But the moment he lifted it up, the piece of ruby red apple fell from her mouth and Snow White took in a deep breath. Then she exhaled and opened her eyes. So many eyes were staring back at her. Where am I? She asked to no one in particular. Thou art quite safe with me, replied the prince. Then he told her all that had happened. I have been searching for someone as lovely as you my whole life, he told Snow White. Please come with me to my father's palace. Will you marry me and be my wife? Snow White knew that the dwarfs would be fine without her, so she said, yes. The dwarfs rejoiced because they knew she would be safe for the rest of her days. Snow White joined the prince on his horse 
and together they galloped to his castle. The kingdom erupted with applause when the people heard about the pending nuptials. Wedding preparations were soon underway. The king and queen from the neighboring kingdom were invited to attend the royal wedding. Yes, Snow White's old enemy, the queen, had been invited too. As she was dressing herself in fine, rich clothes and jewels, she strolled up to the looking glass, gazed at her reflection, and said, Tell me, glass, tell me true, of all the ladies in the land, who is loveliest? Tell me who. And the looking glass answered, Thou, lady, art loveliest here, I ween, but lovelier far is the new-made queen. When she heard this, she erupted with rage. Her envy and curiosity were so great, though, that she could not help setting out to see the bride. When she got there and saw that it was no other than Snow White, she lunged towards the new bride. Guards, hidden in the woods by the prince, who feared for his new bride's safety, appeared suddenly and carried the evil queen off to the dungeons, where she lived the rest of her days, in the same misery that had filled her heart with envy whilst she resided in the finest of palaces. In her way, she had always been imprisoned, you see, and now she could do no one any further harm. Peace descended upon the land at long last. Snow White and the prince lived and reigned happily for many, many years. And without fail, once every fair spring, they ventured up into the hills to visit with the men who had been so kind to Snow White in her time of need. For the ties of friendship that are made in times of hardship no evil, no spell, no number of years can fray. They will stay strong forever and a day. Now, drift off and sweet dreams. <laughs>